This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. Welcome back, everyone. So we are actually doing a, a double whammy today because this podcast is both for entrepreneurs as well as the lay person. And we are going to be showcasing this on both of our podcasts, Integrative Wellness Radio, as well as Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. So for those of you that are new to one of the podcasts, make sure to check the other one out uh, because we have lots of amazing content on both. So the major reason why this is going to live on both platforms is because this is extremely relevant to the lay person and extremely, extremely relevant to entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives. And really what we're showcasing today is the major blood sugar crisis that lives on for many, many years, even after leaving the world of corporate or leaving your executive position or even selling your business and now moving into retirement. And we've seen this over and over in our clinical practice. And we feel that it's very important for individuals to understand why they might be feeling the way that they do. They might be feeling that they have brain fog. They might be feeling low energy. They might be struggling with their sleep. They might also be struggling with their weight despite their efforts of exercise and dietary changes. And I know that a lot of us, once we retire and we leave you know, the rat race behind, we're looking to enjoy our retirement and we're looking to maybe golf or, or work out more or try to relax. And sometimes we find it very, very difficult to do that. And yes, sometimes it's it could definitely be associated with boredom or not necessarily being inspired because you don't have the same goals, which is going to actually be a separate podcast. But sometimes it's because your body metabolically cannot get to a state of calm because there is so much metabolic damage from the years upon years of being addicted to stress. Yeah. It's like when we look at the high functioning individual, whether you're an entrepreneur or an executive. Um, but I mean, you could just be, a, honestly, a stay at home mom and go through the exact same issues. And this is why it's so important. And really the health of your pancreas and your blood trigger affects every single other organ system in the body. And it's so important to make sure that's foundationally stable. If you want to be able to have a strong foundation to build upon. A hundred percent. So as we get started, I, I want to tell you guys a little story <laughs> because once I, you know, tell this to a lot of patients, friends, family, they're like, oh crap, that's me. And it's very unassuming because I think when we're talking about blood sugar, some of you are thinking, oh, well, my blood sugar looks great when I get my blood done and my glucose is normal and my hemoglobin A1C is normal. So 
technically I'm fine. But what's being overlooked is the idea of low blood sugar. And I'm not necessarily just talking about hypoglycemia that you have to, you know, have candy on you to make sure you don't get lightheaded or dizzy. But there are many of you that are dealing with a low blood sugar crisis. And I know it very, very well because it was me. So primarily what's happening is you're waking up in the morning and you're not very hungry. Some of you might have a complete aversion to food or even feel nauseous with the idea of eating, but most of you are just not hungry. You can go a few hours, you have a little coffee, that suppresses your appetite even more, and now time goes by and it's noon, maybe it's one, maybe it's two, and you're like, oh crap, I haven't eaten. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I am starving, I'm going to hurt someone if I don't eat. Some of you are like, yeah, you know, I probably should eat. And then once you consume something, maybe it's healthy, maybe it's not healthy. Intuitively, your body is going to crave carbs. So maybe if you're on the healthy side, maybe you're grabbing a brown rice bowl, maybe you're grabbing a sushi roll. Or if you're in the rat race of needing to run back and forth from work to grab lunch, you might just grab something fast like a burger or pizza or some other combination of carbs and fat. Then you eat, now you crash. Now you're looking for either some type of caffeine or you're looking for the vending machine to give you a little sugar uptake so you can get through the rest of your day. Now repeat is dinner rolls around, you're starving again. Now you need some cheese and crackers to maintain your hunger as you're making dinner. You make dinner and now you're looking for something sweet. And maybe it's just a bite of something, but traditionally you need something sweet to end your night. So this is the telltale story of low blood sugar that then results in a blood sugar roller coaster through the day. I think that was me too. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people, hence we're doing the podcast. But just so you know, for those of you that have a complete aversion to food in the morning, that it actually makes you nauseous to even think about eating that is a more progressed blood sugar crisis than the person who's like, ah, I'm just not hungry for an hour or two or three. So if you relate to this to in any capacity, even if you are just getting the midday slump, chances are your blood sugar is not stable. And we are living in the era of intermittent fasting. The thing is, is that there is a lot of interpretations as to what is intermittent fasting. So many of us are thinking, oh, well, now I intermittent fast every day and this is supposed to be really good for you. So I don't eat until noon and I intermittent fast and this is positive for my health. But in reality is intermittent fasting and it definitely varies person to person, but it really should be a max of three times a week. Yeah. And it's also, it's most important to have that breakfast. So if you're going to do intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. my body does amazing on fasting. Some people's bodies don't do as me and I can't talk, <laughs> do as amazing with a fasting. So, but I mean, it was a lesson I had to learn years ago as well, because I, I, you know, the more, more is better. Right. So I had to figure out from trial and error and then, you know, doing more research that if you're going too fast, it's not what you do, but how you do it. That's so important in life. And it's going to the fundamentals of fasting, also looking at the health of your blood sugar to be able to use it to most benefit you. So, you know, to regulate that is to have breakfast. Breakfast, you know, they say it's the most important meal of the day, and it truly is. So if you're going to be fasting, it's best to honestly have breakfast and that lunch and then to not eat really the rest of the day. 
And that also goes back looking at really just the foundation of how that your liver and your gallbladder works. You know, about 5 p.m., the bile uh, production starts decreasing and bile is a huge part of breaking down food, especially fat and protein. So that's one of the reasons also why it's best to have your meals early on in the day and to be able to give that liver a break and allow it to do what it does best. And as we'll talk later, it delivers a big part also in helping your blood everything. sugar. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Exactly. So, but I question, like, why do you think, especially entrepreneurs, why do you think they're so affected by this? Well, living and breathing it is just, you always have high, higher priority items. So getting up, you know, and this is, I'm going to speak for myself and also some entrepreneurs that I've worked with is just, I classify myself as a morning person. So I am pretty clear in the morning and I find myself wanting to wake up and, and get a bunch of things done. So by the time I do that, then, you know, I have meetings to start or I have to get to the office and I find that it's very easy to just grab the coffee or the espresso and then move on. And then obviously the longer that I did that, the more of a suppressed appetite that I had in the morning. So it became so easy to, to do. Mm -hmm. Secondary to that is um, based off of my background uh, through high school and college, I worked in the restaurant industry. And for those of you that have worked in the restaurant industry, I know you can relate is you go many, many hours without food. And depending on the restaurant that you work at, you run on adrenaline. You're running around with your head cut off, having to multitask and remember a ton of different things. I was working in a five-star restaurant in Philadelphia. I was not allowed to write down orders. I had to remember it. So if I had a table of 15, you know, I had to be able to do that as well as remember, you know, the other things that I need to bring over to my other tables, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think that there were just years upon years of a compounding effect that then created such a bigger issue down the line. And one of the biggest aha moments for me was, you know, just being in this mode for years is, you know, just noticing my body and noticing that, you know, I was carrying weight in certain areas or I noticed, you know, hormones would be off or I noticed my skin wouldn't be great or my energy, you know, some weeks were good, some weeks were terrible. And that obviously affected my productivity, my mental clarity. And I would go on vacation. And when I was on vacation, it's, you know, it's not that I was just so overly relaxed, but I noticed that I wasn't always being super careful with what I was eating and drinking because I was on vacation and I was eating actually a lot more than I normally would. And I would inevitably lose weight. And I was like, wow, like, this is so interesting. And as I really started to piece the puzzle together, it's because I was eating more frequently and I was actually keeping my blood sugar more stable. And that's the reason why I was actually seeing changes both in my energy as well as even my my figure. So it took many years of almost like getting slapped upside the head that I finally disciplined myself to say, you're going to get up and you're going to prioritize eating something. And it was really difficult in the beginning because... It was almost like torture. Yeah. It was torture to like eat a, a bite of a hard-boiled egg. I was just like, oh God, I really don't want this. And, you know, it only took a week of just eat the bite of the egg. And then I was able to eat the full egg. And then I was waking up actually hungry saying, oh, I can't wait to actually have, say, an omelet. 
And it just perpetuated from there. And then I also found I was way more satiated through the day. My energy was stable through the day. And I wasn't having those cravings. Like I need caffeine middle of the day. I absolutely want something sweet after dinner. It completely changes the pace of your day when you're making these small changes. Yeah. And I mean, as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to be as productive as possible. And most people in life want to use their time wisely to be able to serve themselves and serve other people. So it's really looking at, you know, you wake up and like you said, it's like, you know, I just, I need to go open up the laptop. I got to start doing emails. I need to like get everything set up for the meetings, blah, 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 blah. But it's really, it's like what, what got you to where you're at today probably isn't going to get you where you'd want to be or need to be in life. So it's really about setting up and structuring your life to be able to serve you instead of really life kind of controlling, controlling you. Well, I think that there's so many entrepreneurs and business owners and even executives that we talk to, and they're all trying to biohack themselves. And they're trying to, you know, biohack with, you know, the special IV or the special pill or the special, you know, diet or supplement regimen. And very often it's really just getting back to basics. And, you know, it it's definitely a lengthy topic to get into, you know, really what you're consuming in the morning is just as important as consuming something in the morning. But most of the foods that we are marketed as being appropriate breakfast, breakfast foods are pretty much chock full of sugar and carbohydrates, you know, cereals, waffles, even if you're eating gluten-free waffles, um, you know, granola, yogurt, etc. So it's almost getting super unconventional with what you're eating. So you're getting protein and fat in the morning. It's very funny because I'll give different recipes to individuals of how to inspire a more protein fat oriented breakfast. And they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. I never even thought uh, about eating something like that in the morning because I'm so programmed that I should be eating, you know, quote unquote breakfast foods. Yeah. And it's like, especially when I fast, I'll just change my mindset around because I'm not having dinner. I'll have dinner for breakfast and then lunch is the same. And then, quote unquote, I skipped breakfast. But it's because I had dinner for breakfast. So it's always about just, you know, changing your mindset to be able to look, you know, outside of the box to be like, you know, in this box, is it serving me mm -hmm. or is it not? And if it's not, you know, let's look outside at different options and use those possibilities to quote unquote, biohack your chemistry so that you can have mental clarity, you can have more energy that's sustainable. And then we can use that energy to really drive us. But one of the things I wanted to come back and focus on more is, is that stress cycle, because that stress cycle, mm -hmm. you know, most people think it's all about, you know, your pancreas is consuming sugar and consuming all these crappy foods. But stress is such a big player into affecting your, your pancreas. So you're kind of the master in biochemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to take people through that process? Yeah, 100%. Uh, so by the way, I'll give you guys two recipes at the end. So stay tuned. <laughs> I know that was like a little bit of a tease. So uh, when it gets into just the, the big picture here is something that I said in the beginning that some of you may have been like, what, what does she mean by that? Is being addicted to your stress hormones, being addicted to it, thinking that it is going to be beneficial to your business. And I know this very well, and I've seen it over and over a million times. And it's something that is very easily not on your radar. And then when you hear it, you're like, oh crap, is, is that me? <laughs> but we get to a point that if I ask most of you, are you stressed? 
you'll say no. That's that was easily my answer. Like, no, I just, you know, I run a business, but you know, it's what I do. And what you're not understanding is that if we go back to our genetics, our genetics actually haven't changed much over the past, you know, couple of hundred years or even thousands of years. And when we think about hunter-gatherer and these individuals that were hunting and then sometimes became the prey and they had to outrun the tiger or outrun something that was hunting them, their body kicks in this fight-or-flight response in order to protect them. And usually after the individual got to a safe space, that fight-or-flight response would calm down and stabilize. But unfortunately, in this day and age, especially in the world of being an entrepreneur or being a mom or just like trying to navigate family stressors, is that a lot of us are living and breathing a fight or flight response all day, every day. And it's becoming our normal. And we live right outside of Manhattan uh, in New Jersey. And there are so many individuals that will say to me, yeah, but I can handle stress. Yeah, great. But your genetics and your cells don't know that. They don't know how awesome you are. <laughs> <laughs> so you can stop lying to yourself saying that you can handle it because what's happening internally is that your body is in straight up chaos because you're having this massive roller coaster of your blood sugar going up and down. And because you're in this fight or flight response, you're overproducing adrenaline, you're overproducing cortisol, which are your stress hormones. So that means you're suppressing your melatonin, which makes you not be able to sleep very well or not at all. You're also suppressing your serotonin, which messes with your mood. You're suppressing your dopamine, which makes you need that glass of wine at the end of the day or makes you need the sugar at the end of the day. And then from there, you're completely suppressing your hormones. So number one is you're suppressing your insulin. So what that means is that you have all this sugar floating around because your body is in this hyper stress mode and nobody can use it. Your brain cells can't use it. Your liver can't use it. Your muscle can't, your muscles can't use it. Insulin is what allows your body to use the sugar. So you can't use it. So now it's floating around in your blood vessels and it's creating a boatload of inflammation. Maybe it's clumping your blood vessels, which is going to create blood clots. And now all of a sudden we have the you know, the 48-year-old guy that was quote-unquote healthy that was trying to have a relaxed weekend playing golf and had a heart attack on the golf course. Like, how many times do we hear these stories, guys? And we need to understand that it is preventable, preventable number one. And number two is your basic blood work is not going to show you this. I have so many individuals that I run their glucose and their hemoglobin A1C, which are the most traditional blood sugar markers, and they're completely normal. And then I run some advanced markers like amylase and lipase, which are pancreatic enzymes, and they're through the roof, meaning this person's in full-blown pancreatitis. And this is not happening to individuals that are old. Like I specifically had a patient, and she is one of the individuals who inspired this podcast, is that she she's what, I think she's 27 right now. She has been out of the Manhattan uh, rat race for five years, but she lived and worked in Manhattan for seven years. Uh, so literally like fresh out of college, started working and she's like, 
I worked in this fast paced industry. It was in fashion. So obviously with fashion, there's a whole set of different issues when it comes to eating disorders and, and, um, image, but that was kind of even a side note or a sidebar, but she was waking up. She had to be at the office super, super early. She was in charge of getting coffee for, you know, all of her higher ups. So she literally would get this jumbo coffee. Of course, you know, there was syrups and everything else in there. And she's like, I can't tell you how many days I'd be like, oh my God, it's 7 p.m. And I haven't eaten. So I'm literally working with her five years later after getting out of this crazy high stress lifestyle. And she is still in a massive, massive blood sugar crisis. And she came to me primarily for hormonal issues as well as adult acne. And one of her biggest concerns was, I'm engaged, we're planning on having a baby once we get married, and I'm very concerned that this isn't going to happen for me. And this was something that we were able to, you know, to work with her and get her body back on track. But the thing is, is that her story was so many women's stories is that they feel that everything is attributed to their hormones. And she was right. There was things going on with her hormones, but the root cause of it was that her blood sugar never fully recovered and her body was still stuck in this fight or flight state. So she had massive dysregulation with her cortisol levels, her adrenaline levels, and then that was completely disrupting the blood sugar as well as the hormones. So we really had to start with the root and really stabilize the foundation before we started to see positive changes in her hormones hormones. So I tell you this story because I want you guys to understand that this isn't just about, you know, blood sugar, but the aftermath of all the different things that it creates. And for men, what this looks like is low libido or, you know, erectile dysfunction or finding that they have, um, you know, fat distribution or weight distribution similar to a female, that they're holding a lot of weight in their belly. They're holding weight even in their hips. They might even be holding weight in their pec muscles. And they're working out and they're trying to, you know, see a change, but they're struggling to see a change because it's not a lack of strength or a lack of, you know, muscle building is the only way you can really build muscle or get tone is if you have proper metabolic function, which really goes back to the functionality of your pancreas, liver, and your blood sugar. Yeah. And I mean, and another fact is working with a lot of high profile individuals one of the things that they're focusing on biohacking is sleep. And I mean, you touched on that very shortly is, you know, sleep can be disinterrupted when we're stressed because the cortisol and melatonin uh, production is really inverse related. So we want our cortisol to be highest in the morning. Melatonin should be highest at night. But if we're stressed from burning that candle, uh, it's going to mess up that pathway and we're not going to have quality sleep. So most of these people are coming in and, you know, they've been doing the biohacking, they're they're wearing the things, the gadgets, uh, tracking their sleep, and they're doing so many things to focus on that. You know, they're even wearing blue light blocking glasses that can be a stress. Um, the blue light will cause that stress and not allow that melatonin production to occur as well. So it's, it's about looking at the whole piece of the puzzle because you have so many people today that, you know, are intelligent and they're biohacking, but they're biohacking on top of a foundation that's not really strong. And it's really about, you know, it's, I love biohacking. I wear the amber colored glasses at night as well, because it helps me have that quality sleep so I can go through those, you know, deep REM cycles. But 
it, it's like if I did that and I, my pancreas is still imbalanced, then it really wouldn't matter. So you, it's always about starting from a strong foundation and working up. And then when you, you know, have those little gems of those biohacks, you're going to get so much more out of it. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, I was just telling you a story as of a consult that I did on Friday and he's a good friend of ours, also an entrepreneur. And he, we do very, very unique testing and everything that we recommend from, you know, supplements to diet is all based on DNA testing. And it was just interesting because we've been working together for about nine months and we're not working on anything specific. We're just, he just wants to be as healthy as possible so he could be as productive as possible and obviously live, you know, a life that he's able to do the things that he wants to do. And it was just very interesting that every every three months we do some retesting with him and he's come up for the same uh, supplement and it's a leucine supplement, which is a branch chain amino acid. And I was asking him about his muscles or if he's really like doing a lot of, um, you know, CrossFit or strenuous workouts. And he's like, no, not at all. He's like, and I do feel strong. I was like, okay, so let me, you know, let me troubleshoot this a little bit more. I was like, and I know him and he's a biohacker and he has tried anything and everything on the planet. And there is a fad right now with uh, infusions or IVs of NAD, you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs are doing this because it's also uh, being marketed to entrepreneurs for productivity, energy, mental clarity, and it's also, it's expensive. So usually individuals that are, you know, higher class are able to afford it because, you know, they're, it's upwards of a thousand dollars for every time you get an IV. So fast forward, I was like, let me guess you've done NAD, uh, IVs. And he's like, yeah, why? I go, how many have you done? He's like, oh, about six. I was like, dude, you're done. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, you broke your pathway. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, what you have to understand is that if you give your body something, especially in that high of a potency, then your body doesn't have to make it because it's like, well, it's here. So, you know, what, what's the point? It's like, so that is the precursor or the cofactor for leucine. I was like, so I do think that, you know, there were other things that were going on that didn't allow your body to fully use the NAD properly, but this has created a big kink in the chain for how well you can actually create that conversion into this branch chain amino acid. And he was just like, oh crap. So I say this primarily because I'm not a huge proponent for uh, IVs. First of all, because a lot of it is just getting excreted via the kidneys and secondary high doses of certain things can actually create or perpetuate problems. So just understand that it, it is unique to the person. And these are all things that we figure out through our testing, but um, not always thinking that IVs are like the best thing and the most medically advanced uh, therapies on the market, because I find that's often a uh, misconception around it. But I want to make sure that we end with a couple of things that you really can get started with that are super easy right away. But Dr. Nick just said, no, he's not done. <laughs> I, want, I want to throw one more thing, especially it's my zone of genius, is the mental emotional component of it. So we talked about stress mm -hmm. and but it's it's not so much what you do, but how we do it. You know, I'm going to say that over and over and over again. So it's like there's a lot of times in life that we're doing taking actions on things that are not valuable to us honestly so every human has a hierarchy of what's least important to most important to them so if we spend parts of our day on things that are not important to us even if it's not a, a stress quote unquote 
uh, stressful situation, it's going to create a stress response because we're not serving ourselves. And that stress response is going to go through, increase the cortisol, the epinephrine, adrenaline, all those things as a feedback mechanism to say, hey, guess what? You're not serving yourself. So it's really about looking at all aspects of life to be able to to really serve yourselves and but also to, to serve your blood glucose so it can serve yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we look at things as imbalances of being bad things, but they're actually great things. They're they're for every stressing there's a blessing. So it's be able to look at those stressors of, you know, just a feedback mechanism saying, hey, you're really not serving yourself in one area of your life and be able to dive deep to be able to get clarity on that true cause because yeah you can change your diet but if you don't change your mindset with it or you know if you're up late at night and you're getting tons of that blue artificial blue light from doing research or you know being on the tv or whatnot which most entrepreneurs aren't on the tv but (laughs) every once in a while we got to have that netflix binge so it's really about looking at every single aspect of life especially you know our connection with ourself and are we serving ourselves? because that's going to affect our blood sugar and specifically the insulin as well 100 percent. so what would you say is one of the best practices that you are using to because i think it's very easy for us to get busy and to get out of our zone of genius or get distracted by lower priority items. So if you find yourself getting distracted or you find yourself getting drawn in a different direction, like what is, you know, your hack or what is something, even if it's a conversation you have with yourself that helps you to, to make sure that you're getting back on track. I mean, two things I would say, the first is you have to be objective. You know, it's like, if we're not collecting data, we can't change anything. So it's really about the end of the day to be able to look at, you know, what were the things that served me the most? I want to do more of that. What were the things that served me the least? Mm. I need to delegate that because it's not serving me. Or I have to link how it is serving me in the short term. So I, I'm not having that stress response uh, through that mental emotional uh, pathway. The, the other side of things is before you do anything to set an intention. You know, it's like, why am I doing this? Because when you go into something knowing that it's serving you, A, it's going to be a lot more fun and enjoyable. And there's going to be less resistance. So you're going through it creating already a least amount of stress, um, least resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's huge is just taking a moment to reflect on your day. You know, what lit you up? What was awesome? And, you know, what was a drain? Uh, I find that, you know, there's certain things that maybe couldn't, aren't always super exciting, but then I also decipher, you know, what was like a serious drain because it was so far outside of my zone of genius that it, you know, it created a level of stress and, and is it possible for me to delegate it now? Um, or is it something that I'm going to put on the list to make sure that, you know, I can delegate it somehow or another. If it's a new hire that we eventually bring on that we're going to make sure we look for that trait or even if it's just hiring a virtual assistant to to deal with it. Um, like the mistake that we just made in the middle of this podcast, like I ain't edi- editing yeah. that. Like that would just like torture me. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes it's a very simple solution. And then sometimes when you find yourself getting drawn back in um, on a day to day is, okay, you know, when I'm hiring someone for exposition, maybe looking to see if they have a specific quality or trait that, you know, this aspect can be taken over. Um, so I, I love that. I think it's so important. And, you know, on a a day-to-day, too, is what uh, both Dr. Nick and I said is really thinking about what you're putting in your mouth in the morning as well. And that, 
I, I literally can't even tell you. It sounds so silly and so, you know, easy, but what you eat in the morning and making sure you eat in the morning will completely transform the rest of your day, I promise you. Maybe not day one or two or three, but if you keep doing it, it is going to transform your day. And this is also because it's going to stabilize your cortisol levels in the morning. So if you stabilize your cortisol levels in the morning, you're going to stabilize your blood sugar and you're also going to see, you're going to start correcting your cortisol and melatonin patterns so that you're actually having an increase in your melatonin in the evening. And Dr. Nick, you mentioned something really important about the blue light, which I think is a, an important hack for people to keep in mind at night. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I know you're going to share, share some recipes, um, but I want to share one as well. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. So I don't, I don't really enjoy cooking that much. Like Dr. Nicole loves to cook. It's meditation for her. Um, when it comes to the kitchen, if I was, you can grill, that's about I can it. Grill, but <laughs> if I was a singer, single bachelor, literally, cause there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are single bachelors. This is what probably I would eat for breakfast every single day. Um, this should be good. I don't even think I know because it's so simple and, and it sets you up for the week. So it's literally, it's just getting a muffin tray and putting eggs in it, throw some sausage in there. You can throw some feta cheese in there, bake it. If you want to, I love broccoli robs. You can put some veggie in there, um, bake it. And then every single morning you it's quick. So it's like, you can still be productive. You're not wasting time preparing breakfast every single day. And you literally have a jam packed, awesome protein rich meal to be able to help stabilize your blood sugar. So I'm love that you just said that because so many people are probably like cheese and sausage, like that can't be healthy. So number one is, um, quality is massively important. So pasture raised eggs are the primary thing to look for. If you can work with a local farm based on where you live, best case scenario. Number two is a lot of individuals are steering away from dairy. Cow dairy does contain something called casein, which can be inflammatory because it's very hard for people to digest. But if you are looking for sheep-based feta, which is the normal origin of feta, by the way, sheep-based feta, um, sheep dairy does not contain any level of casein. So it is a lot easier for people to digest and it gives you good quality fats. Secondary to that is if when you're dealing with sausage, um, pork has kind of its own set of issues. Uh, pigs do not have sweat glands, so they tend to contain more toxins than other cuts of meat. But if you were to gravitate towards um, chicken sausage or turkey sausage, that could be a great alternative. Or you can even use just ground chicken, turkey, bison um trying to get it again from a local farm from a good source. When you're looking for poultry, pasture raise is the key term you're looking for. When you are looking for red meat, um, especially beef, uh, lamb, you're looking for grass fed and grass finished. Um, it is very tricky in this day and age because what they can do is they can feed uh, the animal grass for only a quarter of its life and they can label it as grass fed. So you're really looking for grass fed and grass finished, which is more than likely going to come from either a local butcher or a local farm. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, it's it's always best, you know, not only locally just be able to support uh, the family and the community, but it's it's always best to be able to go you know, have that relationship with the farm. You know, we get a lot of our stuff from a farm in Pennsylvania. Um, that's just amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just about searching around you and looking at quality because there's so many issues with, you know, not every single 
big mm-hmm. corporation. Um, but so many big corporations, they have interest for their, you know, stockholders and for everything else. And it's not always about the quality. So it's like when you when you go small, it's like you have such a better chance uh, for having that love and passion and care uh, going through that whole process, because energetically, it's like all that affects the quality of the meat as well. A hundred percent. Um, so one of my personal favorites <laughs> is kind of a spinoff and there's a vegetarian v- uh, version as well as a, uh, meat loving version, but I actually will do kind of like taco bowls. Uh, and they're really easy to build in the morning, uh, because everything is pre-made, but I'll usually do either ground bison, ground chicken, ground turkey. It kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for saute that with, onion, garlic, and then I'll do cumin or I'll get an organic taco seasoning and I will top it with avocado and something called lebne. Lebne is uh, very popular in Middle Eastern. It is a very, very um, thick and creamy version of a yogurt. Yogurt and cream cheese had a baby. It would be lebne. That's a great way to describe it. (laughs) So this is something that usually is cow dairy, but um, you can also find goat and sheep versions of it. Um, for those of you that are looking for um, something that's going to fall more on the, the vegan side is looking for um, replacing the meat with uh, some type of bean, kidney beans, black beans, and or even white beans could be a great option. Um, technically, they are carbohydrate, but they are very, very, very high in soluble fiber, which will actually help to stabilize your blood sugar, but also really helps with liver detoxification. So you could easily re- replace the meat with uh, beans and then focus just on the avocado. Um, very often, if you're looking for a yogurt that is going to be either you know cashew-based or almond-based, or coconut based, I do find that they're not always, um, they're not very savory. They're usually sweet. So it would be a little bit of an odd flavor putting it in. Um, But definitely uh, being able to leverage even just the avocado or even hummus on top. So those are some key things to keep in mind is fat and protein are key. Obviously, just mixing up an omelet is another great alternative. Uh, But these are things that will completely transform your morning. Um, for those of you that are like absolutely horrifically nauseous in the morning and are like, I can't, I can't, I can't even do it, is um, there is a very specific powder by Designs for Health called KTO. And this is something you can throw a scoop into your coffee. It mimics a creamer. It's a great step in the right direction uh, to start getting your blood sugar more stable, which will then work you into being able to have a little bit more of an appetite. So those are some of our key hacks for the morning. And then at nighttime is keeping in mind that if you are, you know, doing late night emails, if you have kids and you find yourself working late or trying to decompress with a show late at night is wearing blue blocking glasses. And as Dr. Nick said, the amber colored glasses will give you the most benefit for increased melatonin production. The brand that you like is which? Uh, Blue blockers, I think it's called. I'm, I never know. It's the Australian company. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So those are a couple of our hacks that we find, uh, for ourselves to be very helpful and all of the entrepreneurs that we work with. So we hope you enjoyed and we hope that you can get out of your blood sugar crisis. Um, but if you do feel that you really resonated with the idea that your blood sugar might be a bit hard to correct on your own because you worked in that crazy rat race for years upon years is, uh, knowing that we can help through the variety of testing that we do. Um, 
we actually do incorporate our integrative medicine onboarding into our programs at the Integrative Growth Institute. So this is a really, really unique approach to working with entrepreneurs um, because we find that it is so, so important to not overlook what could be going on internally that could be affecting why you're not meeting your goals and why you are not maybe feeling as productive and effective within your business. So uh, check out the link below so you can learn a little bit more. Hop on a strategy call uh, with our team. They are happy to point you in the right direction and uh, leave a comment below if you enjoyed this or what was your aha moment. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah,